Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services. This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm speaking today with Jennifer Gilman, the president of Gilman Strategic Group, a legal recruiting company focused solely on law firm partner placement. Hi, Jennifer. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. Thank you so much for having me. It's my privilege. I'm looking forward to our conversation. So tell us about your background and the genesis of Gilman Strategic Group. I was a practicing lawyer. I mostly focused on management side employment law, which I liked very much. But uh, when I had my first child, I didn't get to see her during the time she was awake at all (laughs) during the week. And I was actually looking to go in-house closer to home. And in the process of interviewing with a pharmaceutical company, I met a recruiter who asked me if I wanted to apply for that job that I was already interviewing for. And I said, oh, no, I'm going to meet the GC next week. I've already been through three rounds. He said, wow, you did a lot better than my candidate. Maybe I should send you to the next one. Why don't I take you to lunch and I'll tell you about some other roles I'm working on? I thought, yeah, that sounds good. And during the lunch, all he did was try and convince me to come and work with him as a recruiter. And I I remember that every time other headhunters and recruiters had called me over the years, they had always ended the call with, you know, we have openings here. You would probably like it. But I really liked being a lawyer. I wasn't looking to get out of law. That wasn't the intent. And I was really kind of reluctant to do that. But he said, look, if you don't get this one role, just give me two weeks. And if you try it and you don't like it, I'm not going to come after you. I'll find you a different in-house role instead. But I really think you'll like this. And it'll be great. It'll be flexible. And we were in, we now had a baby and a toddler and I kind of wanted to see them. So I thought, well, flexible sounded pretty good. And he was right. It never felt like a job. I like people. I like meeting new people and hearing their stories and talking to people. And that was all I had to do. I mean, I had to talk on the phone and take people to lunch. And when I did a write-up of a candidate, instead of a 50-page summary judgment brief and waiting six months to hear what a judge said about it, I would write, you know, two pages and I could hear 10 minutes later if it was a good candidate. And, you know, that was really nice for me. And it was very flexible. So I got to be around for all the kid stuff that I wanted to be around for and still have a career of my own. And I thought that was a great compromise. What are those parallel skills between practicing law and being a recruiter that make you successful? Well, I was an employment lawyer, so I was used to the interpersonal relationships and all of that. And I call myself a law firm matchmaker because we're looking to make that forever kind of match, just like when you set some two people up to be married. I've actually made a couple of marriages, though. I'm really interested in the whole matchmaking side of it. So, you know, my personal superpower is being able to get an idea of which people might like working together. And, you know, it it is very helpful to be able to say, Hey, Ari, I know what you're looking for, but that firm's not going to do it for you. You can go and meet with them, but I'm just telling you, I think you would like these people better. And it's sort of a revelation to somebody else, but you know, everybody has some things that they're good at that seem innate to them. And I also, it's very easy for me to tell when somebody's unhappy, if their unhappiness is caused by something that could be changed by going to another law firm. Sometimes it can't be. Sometimes they want to get out of law entirely. Sometimes they'd rather go in-house or work for the government or write books or do something else. And we we don't 
handle that transition for them. But we do have a lot of resources. I never like to leave somebody empty handed. So I always make that next introduction for them or provide them with some help to get to where they're going. But we only work with law firms. We don't do anything else. How do you distinguish your approach to recruiting? Well, we are candidate facing, which I didn't think should be so unusual, but actually is. Um, I like being able to talk to a candidate, figure out what's going wrong and work with that person or that group or that small firm to find the right platform, not filling a slot. Because when I was at the other company, you know, we'd, we'd be looking for a fourth year real estate associate. And if I got you on the phone and you were a fourth year real estate associate, it was my job to talk you into going to this one firm that was looking. And I, that's just not in my DNA. So I would say things like, well, I don't think this is going to solve your problem. <laughs> I think you should wait. This other place is fantastic for you. And you would love it and you should go there. You definitely should, but they're not looking right now. So let's stay in touch. And when they're looking and the the guy who had hired me was found it a little frustrating that I wouldn't talk people into things so that we could make more money. So I said, well, why can't I represent the candidates? He's like, well, you can only do that if, you know, it's like partners that have their own clients because then firms would want to hire them and they wouldn't need to have an opening. And that's actually how I got into partner recruiting. So we focus our practice on the candidate side. The law firms pay and and they're happy to because whenever they hire somebody who's a rainmaker, it adds to their bottom line revenue and they're happy. It's like a rounding error to pay me. It's not a big deal for them. And so I, we are very white glove, high touch service, and we're free to the partners and groups we work with. And uh, we get a chance to get to know them really well and keep in touch forever. How do you market your practice in such a sensitive area that requires significant discretion? We're always trying to refine our approach a little bit more, but what's been successful is, I mean, I was a lawyer myself, you practice law. There are a lot of sleazy recruiters out there who are only trying to make a placement so that they can get what they want, not so that the candidate can get what he or she wants. And I find that just meeting people is helpful. So I do a lot of networking, a lot of in-person. I'm doing some speaking now just because it seems like everybody's had a really bad experience with a recruiter and they're a little bit gun shy. And when they meet me, they say stuff like, you seem kind of normal. You don't seem that bad. And that's really what we're looking for is you don't seem that bad. That's a very low bar, Jennifer. Because <laughs> I know I'm really good at knowing the legal market and really good at making these matches and really good at the recruiting side. But a lot of these partners, they they have to be really careful because until they know exactly where they're going and they know that their clients are going to come with them, they don't want it to be public. They don't want their firms to find out they might be looking and make special side deals with their clients or badmouth them to their clients because then that portable business wouldn't really be portable. So they have to have a certain degree of discretion. And it is really important that we maintain their confidentiality. And it's really hard to decide who to trust with that because there are some recruiters out there who aren't like we are. Although we're a member of NALSC, it's a national organization. We all take the same ethics pledge. So I would say, although we do business a little bit differently than some other people, I would trust everybody in NALSC to be an ethical recruiter if anybody listening to this doesn't fit our model. Why do law firm rainmakers need the kind of guidance you're providing when moving firms? 
Well, a lot of law firm rainmakers have been around for a while. They, you know, they have a lot of friends who are lawyers or whatever, but you would be very surprised. They don't have a whole view of the market. Sometimes they have no idea how valuable they are. They feel stuck. They feel like they can't get out. They have to stay in this abusive relationship with their firm that promises them things that it doesn't deliver on or that is really just the wrong place for them. And they don't see what's out there and they don't know what their options are. But on the other hand, sometimes they do know what their options are and they just don't know the whole legal market. They know where their law school roommate works. They know where the person who was on the other side of the deal works, the the law firm that is in the same building as them, but they really don't understand the whole market. So they tend to not be complete enough when they apply. I'm actually working with somebody who ran his own firm and then joined another firm that turned out to be a really terrible fit. And I asked him, well, where else did you look when you were you know, a couple of years ago? Oh, no, I met with my friend at this firm. It's a good firm. Yeah, it's a great firm. It's not a great firm for your practice. Oh, well, you know, my friend was nice and he liked it. And I just... So this guy met with one firm, got one offer, took the one offer, and it's a really just a bad match. And also, I mean, the rainmakers that I work with are pretty busy. They don't have a lot of time to do research, to reach out to people, to schedule interviews, to do all the things. So we always say to them, they have to have a conversation with us. They have to gather certain information. And after that, we do all the legwork and they just have to show up to the interviews and we take care of it. And when you work with a recruiter, you're coming at it from a much stronger position. I can say, you know, Ari's doing very well where he is and everything's going great for him, but he might be willing to have a coffee with you. I mean, I don't know if I could really, I, I might be able to arrange it. But if Ari goes and says, hey, I might like a job at your firm. Hi, you're not in as strong a position when it comes to how you look to them and what kind of offer they might make for you. And also when it comes to negotiating compensation packages or titles or whether you get to be managing partner of the office or things like that, it's much easier for the greedy recruiter to ask for whatever the greedy recruiter asks for. And you could be like, oh, I didn't know. I'm sorry about that. A lot of uh, partner candidates don't ask for everything they want when they have to run their own negotiation and then they're kind of regretful later. Why has lawyer wellness become such an important focal point for our profession? It's important to me because there are all these really big time partners that I used to be jealous of. And now that I'm in this world and I've immersed myself in law firm rainmakers, I can see that those people with the corner office and the big house and the fancy car and the title that I always wanted aren't necessarily always happy. I mean, there was a new stat that just came out. Lawyers who are under stress are 22 times more likely to commit suicide than people in any other profession. And lawyers are always under stress. And there are plenty of lawyers who have mental health issues, substance abuse issues. And I had a health scare myself. I almost didn't go for a routine test. And if I hadn't gone, things would have turned out a lot differently. I really think that there are a lot of lawyers who don't take care of their health for decades at a time. It's one thing not to sleep when you're prepping for trial or closing a big deal. It's another thing not to sleep or get any exercise or eat well for 40 or 50 years of your career. And we all see those stories about a lawyer who has a heart attack and dies at the office or that lawyer who everybody thought looked like he or she was very successful from the outside who commits suicide because they just didn't feel like they were adequate for their clients or their family or their firm. And it's tragic. What advice do you have for rainmakers or partners who want to become rainmakers? 
every lawyer from law school on should be trying very hard to fit some business development into their schedule. You have to be your own advocate and look out for your own career because your firm might say, oh, we only need you to be a service partner. Don't worry. You keep your head down and do good work and we'll look out for you. But if the economy turns and the practice isn't very busy anymore, if you're you know, a very expensive service partner, your job might be on the chopping block. So it's always very important to do your own business development and work in a little bit at a time. You can't do it all in one day. So even I look at it at a quarter at a time, I plan for 90 days. But even if you plan a month at a time or a week at a time, have some time on your calendar when you're going to reach out to people or take them to lunch or go to an event or do something. And I just really think that if you have your own business, you have more leverage at your firm. When you ask for improvements, they listen more to you. When you talk in terms of business development and numbers and you understand the mechanics and economics of a law firm, instead of whining and complaining, you're saying, I want to invest in this and here's what I hope to get out of it. I think we should sponsor this. I think I should go to this conference. I think we should spend this money because this is my plan. Your firm is more likely to be responsive. And we always say that if you're a rainmaker and your firm says no, you always have the option to pack up your toys and go home or go to another firm that will listen. This is Ari Kaplan speaking with Jennifer Gilman, the president of Gilman Strategic Group, a legal recruiting company focused solely on law firm partner placement. Jennifer, thanks so very much. Thank you, Ari. It was my pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit ReinventingProfessionals.com or AriKaplanAdvisors.com to learn more.